Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. You're listening to Geek This, the pop culture podcast with minimal nerd rage. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Geek This. I'm Dave Clements. Each episode, I discuss something in geek pop culture, whether it's a movie, comic book, a TV show, or something else that I'm geeking about. This week, we are going to go back in time a little bit, and we're going to talk about the life and impact of a man who co-created some of the most iconic characters in the comics industry, Stan Lee, who died at the age of 95 on Monday, November 12th, 2018. Before we jump into the episode, though, please make sure that you're subscribed to the show by heading to geekthispodcast.com and choosing the app or platform you use for podcasts. There's lots to choose from right there on the homepage of the site. I do want to take a second and state right here at the top that as much of an icon as Stan is and was through his entire life, um, I actively acknowledge that there were several instances in his career where he didn't give credit where credit was due to collaborators like Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko. He also took credit for things that he probably shouldn't have. And these are sensitive topics, um, But this particular episode isn't about ignoring any of the artists or creators or addressing these specific topics directly. Um, It's simply about honoring his creativity, his imagination, and the legacy that he helped create. My first introduction to Stan Lee, to the best of my knowledge, was when Sam Raimi's Spider-Man came out on DVD back in 2002. And my parents that Christmas, I believe it was Christmas, could have been my birthday. I don't quite remember. Um, they bought me the collector's edition of the DVD set. It came in a box and it had a film cell, some other bits and bobs, like some booklets or behind the scenes kind of things. But one of my favorite items in this box was a bonus DVD called Stanley's Mutants, Monsters and Marvels. And this was kind of, for me, that recognition of who Stan was. And it was also an introduction to Kevin Smith. And he interviewed Stan. Um, this is fat Kevin Smith, by the way. Like glasses, um, doofy haircut, uh, you know, early 2000s Kevin Smith. And, you know, this is when he was a filmmaker. And that was what he was known for. But, um, He interviews Stan in this DVD and talks about his personal life and how he wound up becoming the face of Marvel Comics. By the end of the documentary and the interview, I was enthralled by just how charming, smooth-talking his personality was. And 
I learned so much about Stan, and it made me want to read even more about Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Hulk, uh, everything Marvel. And it blew my mind that the idea that one man had co-created all of these characters, and it, it, it astounded me. It really did. Stan has had a fascinating history that I would love to talk about on the podcast, but I feel like I would not do it justice. There are better authors than myself who have covered the topic. Um, one book is called Marvel Comics, The Untold Story. Um, that's very enlightening. Uh, it's not flattering for Stan. It talks about some of the things I uh, just very briefly addressed at the top of the episode. Um, and another one that I most recently read was called Slugfest inside the epic 50 year battle between Marvel and DC. And, um, it doesn't specifically focus on Stan, but it does touch on what he brought to the industry. So I encourage you to go check those books out. I do believe that there is a memoir or, um, biography about him that you could go read. But here's the thing. Stan is a very iconic person and I am in my early thirties. So Stanley has always been a part of the comic book consciousness for me. I don't remember when, you know, he wasn't making cameos in movies or, um, some of, some of the things that have been, talked about you know like I don't remember Stan not being this big huge name uh, in my life so what did Stanley bring to comics that wasn't there before and what he brought was imperfect people so with the Fantastic Four Stan showed us that even superheroes are human and they fight and bicker with each other and they don't always get along with Spider-Man, he showed us that you didn't have to be an adult to affect change in the world and that being someone with powers could put others, namely the ones you love, in danger. With Iron Man, he showed us that people can change for the better. Before Stan wrote all of these stories, there weren't real problems in what were called funny books. Now we call them comic books. So, yes, the world might be in danger, but that was the extent of the drama. He brought the characters on the page to life by giving them actual problems to deal with outside of the potential world-ending situations they would find themselves in week after week, month after month. And there was depth, and that's what made Marvel the more interesting company for a lot of readers as time went on. The other thing that Stan did that was big was to break down the wall between creator and reader. And he did this with a feature called Stan's Soapbox. These were friendly, conversational writings to what he called the true believers that sometimes gave insight into Marvel or addressed a concern that a reader might have. The point was that he wasn't just some guy writing comics after this. He was giving the company personality and showing readers that real people were writing the comics about characters they loved. 
He wasn't just the face of Marvel, though. He was the voice, too. He created catchphrases like Excelsior, which I just recently found out was like the state motto for New York. But he he made it much more popular. He made it this this catchphrase for him. He adopted that New York mentality and basically equated Marvel with New York and the people of New York. He gave writers and artists alliterative, alliterative, see, I can't even say that word, nicknames like Jack King Kirby, Swingin' Steve Ditko. Um, he was the soul of Marvel Comics. As times changed, uh, Stan ended up leaving the company, but he remained present in whatever it was that they were doing. This led to his many cameos throughout the course of Marvel films, um, whether it's the MCU or otherwise. And his name has become ubiquitous with comic books. One of the interesting things about him was that he recently made a cameo in the Teen Titans Go to the Movies film that came out. And that shows the kind of legacy that he is leaving behind. And what I find crazy, though, is my daughters, who are now 10 and 4, know who he is, and I, as a comic book fan, couldn't be happier. I'm lucky enough to have had my picture taken with Stan a few years ago at Cincinnati Comic Expo, along with David Hunt and his wife Sabrina, and it was an extremely quick experience, um, but it's one that I will always look back on fondness. And yes, just so you know, Stan smells exactly like you would think a 90-something-year-old man would, and I loved it. He's made a, a big impact on the comic industry and readers and me, even though I can't quite place what that is so thank you so much for making the world better even in small ways stan thank you for your bright imagination your quick wit and your loyalty to your fans you've left a legacy you can be proud of and you will certainly be missed excelsior Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. You can go over to geekthispodcast.com for more episodes, show notes, and links to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Now, uh, this is kind of a downer of an episode um, for a couple of reasons. One, Stan is gone, and that is extremely sad. You, we've, we've lost a light in geek culture. Another thing, and it's not more important, but I figure if you're going to stay to the end of the episode, you're going to want to hear this. Um, recently, I wrote a blog post over at the website about where I was with the podcast, and I will put a link in the show notes to it, but in short, 
my enthusiasm and my interest for creating content regularly for the podcast has, it's waned a lot. And it's not that I don't enjoy doing a podcast, but it is a lot of work for me. And I have a lot going on right now. So I am not going to say yet again for what feels like the millionth time that the podcast is on a hiatus. Um, The schedule for the show is simply when I can get to it and when I can make something that is worth listening to. So um, episodes will come out on Wednesdays. That will be the release date except for maybe some exceptions in the future where I just, I want to get some stuff out because it's timely, but all in all, um, it's, it's been fun and I'll let you read the blog to really get my, my full thoughts and emotions on everything. But, uh, that is kind of the new normal for geek this, uh, for the time being, maybe when, uh, things kind of settle down, uh, episodes can come back out regularly, but, uh, until then that is the way things are going to be. So thank you for listening to the podcast and please let me know what you thought of any episode. And I will talk to you in the next episode, which hopefully will be sooner rather than later. Keep on geeking out. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.